0: What's up everybody and welcome to MLB Morning Coffee. We are a production of Athletes Unfiltered and we record at the Ocean Avenue Studios on the corner of Ocean and Otsego in San Francisco, California. My name is Greg Moraz. I am your host as usual. Once again, we've taken a long hiatus, two weeks, but I went on vacation then I got back. I got busy, work stuff happened. And I know I keep promising you that I'm going to get on a more regular recording schedule, and I will, I just don't exactly know when that's going to happen. But we have a lot of stuff to talk about. We have a considerable amount of subjects that we need to discuss. I want to first start off with the sticky substance issue that is going on in Major League Baseball. And I know this is a story that has played out over the last week, and we probably should have commented on it when it did happen, but I think it's worth going over what the parameters are, what has happened to certain players, and why this was probably not the best time to touch this. And we talked about that in our last episode, I even said... That this is something you needed to deal with in the offseason, and that you were too far along in this season to actually do something about it. But in all simplicity, here are the rules that Major League Baseball outlined. Pitchers will be ejected and suspended for 10 games for using illegal foreign substances to doctor baseballs. Starting pitchers will be subject to more than one mandatory check per game relievers must be checked once they conclude an inning they entered or are removed from the game. Catchers will be subject to routine inspections and position players may also be searched. Now, we should also mention a couple of other things that I didn't include there, and that was on a graphic that I took from the ESPN broadcast of the Dodgers and the Padres last night. It's also worth noting that When a player is suspended, they are suspended with pay. So it is not an unpaid suspension. However, you are not allowed to replace that player on the roster. So if you have a player suspended for foreign substance abuse, which sounds weird because we talk about PEDs as being substance abuse, and now we're talking about sticky substances being foreign substance abuse, they're not allowed to be replaced on the roster. So if one of your guys gets suspended... That is a roster spot that you lose for the next 10 games. Now, Tyler Glasnow of the Tampa Bay Rays suffered a partially torn UCL right after MLB made the announcement that they were going to start to crack down on this. Now, they weren't cracking down on it when Glasnow got hurt, but he made the argument that having to adjust midseason could end up getting you hurt. And he believes that because he had to stop using sunscreen and rosin, which he admitted in a media session the day after he got hurt, he thinks that because he had to stop using that or progress himself to the point where he couldn't use that, that he got hurt because he had to grip the baseball harder. Now, I want to play a clip for you. This is Peter Moylan on the Atlanta Braves pregame show on Bally Sports Southeast. This is Peter Moylan, who was a journeyman big league reliever from 2006 to 2013, I believe. This is him talking about why the gripping agents and the substances are necessary for pitchers, and why it is going to have such a drastic effect if you take that away.
1: I'm going to try and stay as calm as I can, and I want to just let everyone know <laughs> that I am not an expert, I am not a scientist, I am just giving you my opinions and my experiences, okay? Now let's talk about what this is. This is a baseball. This is a brand new, out-of-the-box, white baseball, okay? What it has, you can look at to and see it a little bit, but what it has is it has a little bit of shine on it. So what they do to get rid of the shine is they rub it with mud. Now, you'd think that's fine, right? But the problem is there is zero consistency in the way they rub it up. They will either have a clubhouse kid rub it up one day, they'll have a different guy rub it up the next day. It could be rubbed up two days before the game, who knows? So by the time you get that baseball, the actual mud has lost any of its benefit because it's now just become a sandy, dusty, brand new baseball. Okay, so you use the, so you use the sweat and rosin method. You rub a bit of sweat, you get some rosin, and you're supposed to take the the tackiness or you're supposed to get some tackiness. All that then does is rub the mud that they've put on the baseball off, and then you're stuck with this baseball. And you know, BJ, once you get a pearl in your hand, you cannot control that baseball. You can think that you're going to throw a sinker, and it's going to cut. You can think you're going to throw a cutter, and it's going to sink. So the issue that I've got is that... Major League Baseball have taken away the one thing that we had that allowed us to grip the baseball. I'm not talking about get extra spin, I'm just talking about being able to grip the baseball. Okay? My personal experiences. 2006 I come to the big leagues, I pitched from 2006 to 2010 with absolutely nothing. Just sweat and just rosin, right? I then have a couple of years of injuries. I come back, 2013. I'm in spring training with the Dodgers, and I can't throw a breaking ball. I don't know why. I I try everything. I'm just everything I can, and I'm just thinking that it's the thin air in Arizona, right? turns out i go to AAA and i'm having the same issue someone introduces me to sunscreen and rosin and all that did it didn't allow me to spin the ball anymore or throw any harder all that did was allow me to go back to the picture that i was from 2006 and 2007 and the numbers prove it my velocity didn't increase my spin didn't increase i was just the same guy that i was five years earlier okay fast forward to now and guys have taken it too far. I completely understand. They've introduced sticky substances that do not belong on baseballs, and it's turned a pitcher that would have had a 2,400 RPM curveball into someone who can throw a 3,000 RPM curveball, which has effectively turned you into a different pitcher. So you cannot do that, and I'm all for outlawing that sort of stuff. Now, speaking of (laughs) sticky-ticky, you heard the comment that Tyler Glass now made, one of the top pitchers in the league who throws 100 miles an hour. He's saying you're taking the sticky ticky away, and now that caused the injury to me. I was, he was pretty bold by saying that because of his grip, right, talk Brian? Talk about that. Yeah, because, because of the, the way grip. he had to grip yeah. the baseball, exactly. right? He, he's effectively gone from. When you have a little bit of sticky on your fingers or a little bit of tack on your fingers, when you're going to release the baseball, you're not you're not gripping it. You're not gripping tight. You're just effectively laying your fingers on the baseball, and it's coming off. It's coming off your fingertips. Okay. So now what he's having to do, without having any sticker or any kind of tacky on his fingers, is he's having to get that ball right deep back into his hand, and he's having to squeeze it with more pressure. And where does that pressure go? Right From your there. fingers, right down the forearm, straight into <laughs> to the elbow all right yeah so what he said is absolutely believable and what he said I've experienced it myself I went to spring training with Houston I was a little bit overweight I got a sore foot I ended up having to change my mechanics I lifted my arm angle up, and I blew out two weeks later. So this is a real thing. Any kind of minuscule change in your mechanics or in the baseball or in your grip or in your release can have massive effects. And I don't think MLB understands that. That's incredible insight, Peter. And we'll
0: we'll see what the result is going to be. He explains it probably better than anybody else has at this point. The problem is, is that Major League Baseball let this get too far, and now those guys that feel like, they need a gripping agent in order to actually get a true grip on the baseball, those guys are going to suffer because guys like Garrett Cole are using spider tack, which was originally designed for strongmen to grip Atlas Stones. So it's almost the adage of one rotten apple spoils the whole bunch. Well, a couple of pitchers deciding to go further than just simply doctoring the baseball for grip has made it so that Major League Baseball is taking it all away. Now, I'm not positive that Major League Baseball's umpires are going to be able to identify every single substance that is not just pure rosin, which is what MLB is allowing to continue. I'm not sure that they are going to be able to say, one guy is clean and one guy is dirty. Based on the rules that have been put out there, I am very skeptical that we will see anybody caught using foreign substances or illegal substances in the next month. I feel like for the next month, we are going to see everybody go cold turkey because nobody wants to have their team lose a roster spot for an entire week. Now, maybe some guys feel like they can get away with it, but we saw last night, Jacob DeGrom was checked. He was clean. You Darvish was checked. He was clean. We didn't have any issues last night. I don't think that we'll have many issues in the first two weeks. But once we get to that first week of July, I feel like a lot of guys may end up feeling like they're in a spot where they might be able to get away with it, and umpires may forget about the rules and may forget about actually checking the pitchers. We might see a few suspensions come then because I feel like a couple of guys will feel like they can get away with it when in actuality, they more than likely will not be able to. But we're also going to be able to get a lot of data points. How is offense going to change because of this? How are strikeout rates going to change because of this? What are pitchers numbers going to look like in the first week, first two weeks, first month that this is implemented? Is it going to make that big of a difference? Are we going to see contact rates go up? Are we going to see home runs go up? Are we going to see more balls thrown by pitchers because they don't have as good of a grip on the baseball as they did before? These are all questions that we will have to answer at some point in the near future, but we'll answer those questions once we get the data points. Should Major League Baseball have done this right now? No. But did they let it get too far and have to do something about it? Yes. Major League Baseball let it get too far, and thus they are sticking it up their own behind because they didn't crack down on this before the season started. At this point, you can't cry over spilled milk. What's done is done. Now we'll have to see if the policy changes actually have a legitimate impact on the offensive and the pitching statistics. I was going to do something in regards to the anti-vaxxing Chicago Cubs a couple of weeks ago, but I decided not to do it because I know a lot of people that love Anthony Rizzo and love Jason Hayward. And I am not a fan of Anthony Rizzo. I have a few people that have told me that he's not really a nice guy. I don't want to go as hard as I wanted to originally when talking about this. But for somebody that is a cancer survivor, and most cancer survivors are told to get the vaccine, the fact that Anthony Rizzo is not getting the vaccine, the gobbledygook answer that Jason Hayward used for why he's not getting the vaccine I don't understand it. I don't understand why so many people are averse to getting the vaccine. It is June 22nd, and we still have eight teams that are not above the 85% threshold. I got my second shot almost two months ago at this point. It is not that hard at this point in time to get your vaccine shot. And guess what could happen to a team like the Chicago Cubs? They could get in the playoffs and Anthony Rizzo and Jason Hayward and Jake Arrieta could all get knocked out due to contact tracing because somebody got COVID and they got exposed. And guess what? They'll be one of the few teams that will have that issue because their guys decided for stupid reasons not to get the vaccine. There are legitimate reasons for some people. Some people have heart issues. I understand that. There are some people that medically cannot get the vaccine because it alters with another condition. I understand that, and I am sympathetic of that. But the reasons that Anthony Rizzo and Jason Hayward and Jake Arrieta, and let's even go over to football, Cole Beasley are giving, are absolute bullcrap. I will even admit that until I got my COVID shot, I had not had an immunization since I was 11 years old. And the reason why is that a hepatitis B shot triggered my autoimmune disorder. My alopecia, which is a hair loss disorder, an autoimmune disease, was triggered by a hepatitis B shot. And guess what? I still got the vaccine because I was that concerned about my immune system and what COVID could potentially do to it. If I got COVID because of my compromised immune system... I could get really sick. But I decided to get the COVID vaccine because I knew it would change my life for the better. And I had a few side effects, but I'm over six weeks since my second shot at this point, almost two months. And guess what? I'm doing just fine and dandy. So, Anthony Rizzo, you can be Mr. Beloved Chicago Cub in everybody's mind. I want to hear it. You think you're a leader? You think that you set an example for others on your team and in your community? Well, guess what, buddy? Your leadership skills are completely null and void unless you get the vaccine. Because a great leader would do what is right for his teammates, for his friends, for the childhood cancer patients that you go and visit. You are putting them at risk for COVID by not getting vaccinated yourself. I cannot expand any further on how idiotic it is for you to continue to go see childhood cancer patients being unvaccinated. But you know what, Anthony Rizzo? You care more about insignificant BS than you do about doing what's right. So you know what? I'm just going to lay it out there. I will tell you from people that I've heard from, Anthony Rizzo is not the saint that you all think he is. And this little refusal to get vaccinated, this just validates my previous opinions. Jacob deGrom is having an unreal season. After his six-inning shutout start today, he has an ERA of .5. Jacob deGrom has more RBI this year as a batter than he does earned runs allowed. He has 12 consecutive starts with one or fewer runs. What he's doing this year is ungodly, and if he keeps it up, he will not only be the Cy Young Award winner, he will be a unanimous MVP in the National League. Because nobody is doing what he is doing right now. And if we talk about the definition of MVP, and this goes into the American League side because I saw a tweet from, yo, John Heyman, yo. That's my John Heyman voice. It's not really a New York accent. Just forget that I did that because clearly if I do that again, it's not going to end up well for anybody. But Jacob deGrom is having a year unlike any other, and he was checked for foreign substances. He passed the test. He is just that good. And I feel like when we see somebody that is dominating the way that Jacob deGrom is dominating right now, it's one of those things that we see about once every 10 to 15 years. I remember we had Justin Verlander on an MVP-type campaign a few years back, I think in the 2010s, 20. 12s I can't remember exactly what year but Justin Verlander was having I gotta look that up I shouldn't just say that and not actually have any proof to back it up I'm a research guy gosh darn it I should know what year Justin Verlander won the MVP award that's why we can go and look in baseball reference and we can say that he won the MVP in the year 2011 see I was right he was 24-5 and with a 2-4 ERA that season in 251 innings of work. He had 250 strikeouts to 57 walks. That's one heck of a year for Justin Verlander. But if DeGrom keeps it up, he's going to be the runaway NL MVP. John Heyman tweeted today that he thinks that Shohei Otani is the clear-cut American League MVP, and I disagree with that vehemently. I'm going to give you the offensive statistics for player A and player B. Here are the stats for player A. 337 average, 440 OBP, 111 OPS, 23 homers, 59 RBI. That's player A. Player B, 23 homers, 54 RBI, 272 average, 357 on on-base percentage, and a 1,005 OPS. So, if you look at that, you probably think that player A is having a better year, and I agree, wholeheartedly. Both teams have the same record, although I truly believe that player A is on a better team than player B. Who is player A? Player A is Vlad Guerrero Jr., Player B is Shohei Ohtani. Now, I'm not taking Ohtani's pitching statistics into this, but if we're going based purely off of offensive statistics, it's Vlad Guerrero Jr. in a runaway. Now, I had a friend earlier today that told me that he believes that Rafael Devers is the American League MVP, or at least the favorite at this point, and he brings up a solid point. Devers is hitting 278, 18 homers, 57 RBI, and for the most part, he has made the biggest impact of anybody on that Red Sox team. I agree with that, but I don't think that that's going to end up being the case. You potentially could have an American League MVP from a team that's 500, and that's what you got right now with Guerrero Jr. and Otani. Now, Shohei Otani is currently, as a pitcher, 3-1 with a 270 RA in 10 starts spanning 53 and a third innings. He's got 73 strikeouts. That's impressive. He's averaging over a strikeout per inning. He's averaging close to 1.5 strikeouts per inning. But if Shohei Otani does not have at least 150 innings of work this year, or doesn't have the numbers that say this guy is a true legit starting pitcher, and I'm not saying that he's not, but what I'm saying is that I don't think that his pitching numbers can put him over the top in an MVP conversation. And again, we're currently talking about two MVP favorites that are on 500 teams. I know a lot of people are probably saying, well, it doesn't matter if the team's good or not. It matters what his stats are. Well, I'll tell you right now, Outside of Jacob deGrom, the runaway favorite for NL MVP, is Fernando Tatis Jr. He's on a winning team. He's hitting 291 with 22 homers, 50 RBI, an OBP of .373, and an OPS of .1053. Ronald Acuna is having a solid year, but his team's under 500. Jesse Winker is having a solid year. In fact, he may be having a better collective year than both of those guys. His on base is at 405. He's hitting 335. But his team's not very good. Matt Olsen's on a first place team or second place team now. He's got 20 homers, has driven in 53 runs, and is hitting 304 with a 381 on base percentage. He already has better offensive numbers minus the home runs than Shohei Otani. Maybe the OPS isn't as high but I don't understand why people are so beholden to OPS. It is one indicator of player success, but it is not the only indicator of player success. Let me just remind all of you of that. We cannot be beholden to the OPS gods. So at the moment, I believe that the American League MVP... Is probably Vlad Guerrero Jr. because his numbers are that good. And after that, I would probably put Matt Olson. So, my qualm with John Heyman is saying that Otani is the clear cut favorite. I don't believe a 500 team at this point, although, you know what? We've gone through this with Mike Trout before, but it's not even that. Show you, Otani's hitting 272. What MVP? has ever finished a season hitting 272. in the age of advanced metrics, I still believe that batting average matters, and you can't take that away from me. On that note, we're going to wrap it up. Make sure you write a review, leave a rating, subscribe to the show. I'm sure that you'll enjoy more content that we have in days and weeks to come, because we want to be a content machine. We're not the content machine that we want to be at the moment. But we have the opportunity to thrive on and live on. And we thank you for your support of MLB Morning Coffee. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. We'll talk to you later in the week.